What's going on, KD Time friends? Welcome back to another episode of KD Time, the sometimes weekly but mostly timely podcast for each and every podcast fan. I am your host, KD, and on this podcast series, I bring all kinds of topics to the table. I'm discussing culture, movies, TV shows, music, sports, food, and of course, general nostalgia. Join in the fun, share, and of course, subscribe wherever you are listening. But let's get into it, huh? In this episode, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Miss Freddie, and she's a jazz singer. And I'm going to play a little bit of her music for you in this episode. Also, I wanted to let you know, I know that last episode, I said that I was going to do a live with my good podcast friend, my good friend from Sunshine Acres, Sarah, but that had to be put on hold. So that will come in its due time. I am hoping that we can get that done and you guys can experience Katie live, see me in living color on Instagram. So whenever that, when, when that happens, I will let you guys know. But for right now, I want to give you another episode of Katie time. And this one is all about Miss Freddie and her amazing journey and her story on how she became a, a, an anthem singing jazz singer. And she has a beautiful voice and I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. That's coming up right now. I have with me the very special, very talented Miss Freddie, and she's going to give us a little story about her journey as she was a blues singer. And um, yeah, so welcome to the show, Miss Freddie. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you come from? Like, like how, how'd you grow up and how'd you become a blues singer? A little, little something, something. <laughs> a little something, something. Well, I was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's where I currently live at. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the oldest of four. Wow. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> that was that was interesting. That's that's another story within itself. Um, <laughs> and I grew up. My mom listened to blues. Both my parents are from the south. Okay. So my mom listened to blues. My dad listened to country. And, you know, me growing up in the time era that I grew up in, I was listening to Motown, Stax Records, whatever, Dale, And to listen what they were listening to, I'm like, you know, ooh, yuck. What kind of music is that? I would never say that to them, though, because you just didn't say that to your parents. That was their music. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... I would sing with, uh, you know, neighborhood friend. We would just pretend like we're singing in front of thousands of people. And uh, so I've never had any formal training 
of vocal lesson, not zip. Zip (laughs) until like two or three years ago, COVID. And a friend of mine is a nurse and she's also, you know, she's a a musician. And um, she taught me, I needed to know the mechanics of singing. Even though I'm a nurse by trade, I still needed to know the mechanics. And she taught me that. And there was a uh, another uh, lady, older lady. Um, she's classically trained. She taught me everything. And she's like, you're a soprano. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I was in such denial. <laughs> I'm not a soprano. Those people sing high. And she's like, no, you're a soprano. Your jawline, the way you, you know, you, you hold yourself and you sing. And sure enough, I guess I am. So that's the only time I had training. But growing up, um, pretend I was singing. And then we would make up like, you know, songs, which was very interesting. And one Christmas, my mom bought me a pink microphone with a little like pink speaker. It was cute. I love pink. And I started singing, but then I started really singing out in public when I was 15. And uh, in church, my first solo, it was horrible. (laughs) It was bad. I bombed it so bad. The church was silent. And that's where I got my stage fright from. I was scared to death after that. So throughout the years, um, singing in churches, but in the choir, but, you know, in the background and singing low Mm -hmm. until 1996, I was dating this guy. He's a bass player in his band. He heard me sing Silent Night to my youngest. And he's like, I didn't know you could sing. And I'm like, well, I didn't know either. He said, well, we're looking for a singer. You know, I'm in this blues band. So um, he actually had been, you know, bringing me out to their shows. And, you know, they were pretty cool. So I got in. They were in run room. And I they had a 100-foot cord. I went in the bathroom, turned on the water, and just started singing something. Wow. <laughs> and I got in. And my stage fight lasted for a year. They faced the audience. I'd be behind the band in a chair facing the wall or whatever. And so, you know, here I am. <laughs> I still have stage fright, but I kind of look at it differently and I handle it differently now. So it's not as okay. bad. That's, that's the short version. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, I mean, that, that's wow. I mean, cause I listened to a few of your songs. I listened cause I got three of them and it's like, okay. So I didn't look at your pictures before I listened to the music. And then I was okay. listening to, and I was like, oh, and I, I like that voice just sounds so familiar in terms of just like, I could, I could feel like I could picture who I was listening to. And then I went and looked at yeah. your pictures and I was just like, yeah. yep. <laughs> I was like, yep, that, yeah. that's exactly what I was picturing when I heard okay. your music and you sound so yeah. beautiful. And I'm, uh, yeah, you know, having stage fright, it, it come it comes naturally. Right. So it's just like, you get a little yeah. nervous. So how did you overcome the stage fight overall? <laughs> well, I didn't overcome it. But what I did was, like my mentor in the first band that I had joined back in 96, he would tell me, he finally told me, he said, you got to figure out a way to come out of that. He mm-hmm. said, because people want to hear you. And I said, well, they hear me already. He says, no, they have to see what they're listening to. And he yes. said, people are visual. A lot of people are visual. And so over the years, that whole, like, imagine everybody with no clothes on. I said, yeah, that's just kind of creepy. And I'd be steady laughing. No way am I going to do that. (laughs) So what I did was, like, probably about, I'm thinking less than 10 years ago, 
Now, mind you, I've been doing this since 96. I decided to pretend it was me sitting in the audience and I'm telling me on stage, hey, I heard about you, not really into blues. I took off for work for you. You got to make me stay here at least an hour. Mm-hmm. I paid this money to see you. And so it's me critiquing me. Mm-hmm. And that's how I overcame my stage fright. Plus, I like to, you know, be like a little comedian, you know, make mm-hmm. people laugh, engage in the audience like I'm talking to them one on one, but I'm actually talking to a group of people. So that's how I overcame it. And it works. It really that does. That's great. That's awesome. Okay. So what are, what are some things that you've been working on recently? I am working on two singles and a full album. It's all original material. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one, the the singles are like love songs. I love singing love ballads. I Mm -hmm. absolutely love singing love ballads because I really get into it. Um, And then the full album is a roots and blues album. It takes me back to my roots. Mm-hmm. as a you know a product of parents that came from the south okay. and so um the songwriters are actually wonderful the one song um that i'm going to release first the single my friend he passed away suddenly um oh. he's a great songwriter out of west virginia yeah it, it was sudden it was like just out of the blue a uh, mm-hmm. great guy who he wrote songs for me on my um second album a couple songs mike lazanga Okay. from Huntington, West Virginia. So that was my dedication to him. He actually got to hear me sing it, oh. you know, um, a year. Let's see, he died two years ago. So yeah, June, two years ago, he heard it. And then he died November, two years ago. So um, the second one, a friend out of Georgia wrote, and it's a great love tune. I love it. Um, and Jesse Landers, and I'm excited because, you know, I've been singing it out, but I said, you know, I want to go record it. Do you mind? And he said, absolutely not. So it's that one. So they all come out like in the fall. I'm hoping, crossing my fingers. I keep listening and tweaking. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I don't like the way I sound or I don't like that. Or am I breathing? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, when it comes to me singing. Yeah. I kind of have to be a perfectionist mm-hmm. and I know sometimes that's not cool, but I have to do it because I tell the studios, do not tweak my vocals. I want to sound the same way as if I'm singing live. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I want people to hear me. And the album is written by a bass player out here in Pittsburgh, Mike Sweeney, a full album. Mike, Mike, Mike has a folder for all the um, musicians he writes for. And I've seen my Miss Freddie folder. It's thick. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, those are all my songs. He's like, yeah, you can try them, you know, see what happens. So I'm excited about, you know, all three projects. It's, um, it is about time I start releasing some new music because I haven't released anything since 2017. Wow. Oh, yeah. well. I actually had two singles, you know, after that, but actually a full album and then more of this. Yeah. So I'm excited. That's exciting. You know, yeah. Yeah. Get your, get your, get your music back out there and, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Again, like your, your voice is very beautiful. So you should not be hiding it under a bushel at all. (laughs) (laughs) Thank Um, you. No, I, I don't do that anymore. I just, you know, I just get out there and sing. And I said, you know, and I tell people, I said, you know, I said, don't take this the wrong way, but I said, you're either going to like me or you're not. Right. 
I said, I can't please everybody in what, you know, and what I sing, um, but I can sure entertain you to make you want to come back for more. Right. You know, even if it's one more time and then you're done, you know, mm-hmm. if it's many more times, then that's great. So that is great. So you were talking about how those songs that you recently did um, with with your friend who passed away. Are there more songs that you'd like to talk about that was meaningful, meaningful to you over your over your career? Oh, yeah, there's um. I, you may not notice, but I have an anthem, which I didn't know. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, it, it's an original, and it's actually the title of my second album that came out in 2017, titled Lady of the Blues. Okay. And um, a friend of mine, he's from West Virginia, and he passed away suddenly. It oh, was no. back in 2017. Yeah, it's like, you know, am I a black widow or something? <laughs> go, go no, um, no, no. Uh, his name was Steve Nestor, and he mm-hmm. wrote Lady of the Blues, and I absolutely love it. And mm-hmm. I tell people, if you listen to it, I said, these songwriters are good. They know me. And yeah. I said, that's a song about empowerment, and I'm strong enough, and, you know, I can just take it all the way around the world. I can go all night. I can do whatever I have to do to get the job done. Mm-hmm. And that's and then somebody said, You realize that's your anthem, right? I'm like, No, I, I never thought of it that way. I thought of it as my theme song. They're like, nah, you've gone beyond that. It's your anthem. So it's my anthem, Lady of the Blues. Yeah, he's a great guy. May he rest in peace. Um, mm-hmm. He also like did things for breast cancer because I'm a breast cancer survivor twice. So mm-hmm. um, he put together a charity event years, some years ago. And um, I went down there, Charleston, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, it was nice. Got to see my musician friends. Mike Lazango was there. My one friend had passed away suddenly two years ago. Um, so yeah, that, that song is near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I remember um, Michael telling me or showing, like, giving me a, a blurb about you and and um, how, you, how you've gotten this far. And, and so I wanted to hear from you, you know, being a, a breast cancer survivor and still 
working on your music, like what are some of the obstacles that that you might have faced that you can now say, you know, I did this and it could help like the next person who might be singing and, you know, going through what you might have gone through. Like what would your advice be to those people? I would say I think my biggest challenge um throughout the music career is finding people who are on the same page as you are, like you've got that chemistry going. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're gonna argue and fuss and fight. That that's normal. Cause if you didn't, then something that I would question that. Right. You know, um, and that that was very hard in the beginning for me because in the beginning when I started, I ventured out on my own mm-hmm. um, for my own band in 2002, 2003. And it, and it was hard at first. Um, but I finally, over the years, got together. I learned, you know, the business part of it, marketing myself. And I think what's most, I think that was a challenge. And then the big challenge, but I don't let it bother me, is I'm the only female. I have two bands. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. the only female. And it's like, but I'm the band leaner, the booking mm-hmm. agent, the money getter. Yes, I am. I said it, fellas. I sure did. <laughs> um, I'm the one that chooses songs that I would like to sing. The mm-hmm. guys choose the keys, you know, what fit me. And I found that kind of hard because every year up until maybe about seven, eight years ago, I used to say every year, this is the last year I'm doing this. I don't want to do yeah. this anymore too hard. I can't, I just, I can't. And I stopped saying it because I was told you need to stop saying it because you're, you keep doing it. You keep singing. You're singing every year. Yeah. And so I stopped. So my advice would be, you know, you're going to come across bumps in the road, you know, or hurdles or this force field, you know, whatever you can't get through, but you can get through. Don't give it up. Cause to me, it's my passion. I love doing it. And plus it gets me out the house because I'm a nurse and I still work full time. So I actually get to get out the house and be around people and socialize and do what I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and during COVID, I used to play the flute. When I was 16, I taught myself how to read music, play mm-hmm. acoustic guitar, play the flute. I joined the high school band after I had the kids. I just said, I don't want to do that anymore. But COVID, I bought I bought a flute and I'm teaching myself to read music, listen to music, and I listen to all kinds of music. So that's what you need to do. You need to build on your brand, build on your craft, surround yourself with people you're on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're gonna argue, but you know what? In the end, long as you all are together and you're making the music and you're involving your crowd, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's yes, that is that makes sense. And that is what we should strive to do as in general. So that's that's a good point. Really, really good advice for for anyone who might be pursuing a career like yours. So. So you said that you're a full time nurse still. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> um, Where did you I find do, the um, energy? <laughs> I, well, you know what? That That's funny you ask that because I always ask myself that. And I run across people like friends and family. They're like, we follow you on social media and you just make us tired. I'm like, really? <laughs> but I said, <laughs> I'm like, I make myself tired. I said, what makes me tired and gives me anxiety is looking at my calendar. You should see my calendar. I bet. The personal and the music 
and the family is all in one calendar because I used to have individual calendars. I said, I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I open up my calendar and I'm like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me for real? And I close it back up because my anxiety goes to the roof. I bet, That's how yeah. busy I am. Yeah, but you know what? I said, I probably would not be able to do this. So I've got to take a step back and say, you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I meditate a lot. Um, I exercise, I'm trying to lose weight, continue to lose weight. Um, and I make sure I sleep at least six hours every night, no matter at what, least. every single okay. night, mm-hmm. at least, you know, nothing less six hours yeah. or more. And I work Monday through Friday. I work outpatient. I work for oh a surgeon. And, yeah, but it's those banker hours. So it's kind of yeah. nice. I'm not on call. I don't work nights, no holidays, no weekends. Hence, I can, you know, perform on the weekends and sometimes during the week, which that's interesting, but it's okay. <laughs> and um, I, I'm used to it now. And I yeah. meditate and pray a lot because I'll have to come home, step through that door. Don't want my family, like I might have a hard day at work and I'm like, I got to leave that out the door. Mm-hmm. And so I'll stand at the door for a few seconds. I'm like, okay, take a deep breath, say a prayer, walk through the door. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, mom, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? How was your day? You know, all yeah. of a sudden. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Tommy, yes, that, ooh, that's quite, quite. The, <laughs> I get exhausted and I don't, I don't have as much work as you just described, but I feel like what you just described would definitely make me exhausted. And I'm just like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um, oh yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. Where have you performed live that was probably your favorite place, the atmosphere, all of it? Like, where have you, you know, because I assume you've, oh. you've gone over, you've gone through different places around maybe the U.S., maybe past the U.S. Like, tell me about that. Um, so I have, I've performed here, you know, in my home state, uh, this part, western part, and then I've been east a few times. Uh-huh. Um, I've been to Memphis a few times to um, do their competition. Um, I've gone out California to record my second album. I've never been out California. It was great. Weather was great. Greaseland Studios by Kid Anderson was great. Everybody was just great out there. West Virginia from, you know, Morgantown down to Charleston and Beckley. I've been there lots of times. Ohio. But my favorite, favorite place, there's a program here in Pittsburgh called Music Smiles. Okay. And it's through the sunny Pugar Memorial. Sonny Pugar was a drummer. He and his wife had started this program to have musicians go and perform in hospitals, nursing homes, you know, places like that. And Sonny ended up with pancreatic cancer and he passed away. Um, his wife, Annie, she continues the program. Okay. Um, my favorite place is our children's hospital. Out of mm. anything I've did, festivals with thousands to, you know, somebody's wedding, that is my favorite place to play because the last time I played there was a week before we shut down for COVID and it was on a Friday mm-hmm. and we were playing in their atrium and, you know, people were walking around and had the kids and there was this little girl had her IV pole, real pretty little girl, but she looked so sad and I'm like, oh, 
That's why I could never be a pediatric nurse. I'd be crying every day. Um, and, you know, we're doing the show and there were kids coming down and they were, you know, sitting and running around and enjoying the music. And my last song I did was I Can See Clearly Now. This little girl knew the song. And I said, how do you know that? You're kind of young. She's like, oh, no, my parents. I said, oh, cool. You know, and I'm, I'm of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I started singing and I said, okay, I need everybody to sing. And I said, how about you? Why don't you come up here? I said, you know what? Nope. Because you might just leave your IV pole here and just come up here. I said, you can't do it. And she started laughing. Her parents laughed. And that was... And I've sang there a few times before at that children, our children's hospital. But that moment, that little girl, she just came to life. And when um, our performance was over, the parents came up and thanked me. And they're like, this is the most we've ever seen her. I said, so you want to hire me and come to her room and sing every day, right? And they're like, well, if you could. I said, no, I got to work. I got kids to take care of. Um, but I enjoyed it. The little girl was singing. And that was... I timed that song. That was a nine-minute song. Mm. We did I Can See Clearly Now for nine minutes. I said, oh, my God. Like, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And it made me feel good that that little girl, that her parents said that about her. Because mm -hmm. I didn't know her and they didn't know me. But my whole thing is getting the audience involved. Because you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. You don't know if somebody had a death in their family, if they're dying, if some, you know, if they just had a bad day. You have no idea. Right. And so it's up to me to like, you know what? I may not feel good. I probably have a bad day. But when I'm on that stage, all of that goes away. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's my favorite place to play, Children's Hospital. So, Annie, if you're listening to this, I'm going to go play Children's Hospital again. <laughs> <laughs> you made a promise, and so you got to stick with it now, Miss Freddie. Right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my goodness. That is, that is impactful because when, you know, when you're able to use your talent to encourage others, it's it's a different experience altogether. Cause I know that like some, some folks can sing or some folks can rap, mumble rap, whatever. But right. you know, when the music actually hits you, cause like I'm, yeah. I love music. I can listen to all kinds of different music and you know, it always depends on the singer. Cause like, it, like if, if there's a happy song or whatever, and I'm just kind of like in a different mood and I'm still listening to yeah. it, it'll, it'll make me feel something that I wouldn't typically expect because right. like, it's a happy song and I'm just not happy, you right. know? So right. it, that, that is beautiful that you were able to do that and continue to do that. I'm sure with your, yeah. with your performances and everything. And you mentioned that you had two bands, but I don't remember if you said what the names were of these bands. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> Um, and actually it's two and a half bands and I'll explain oh my, that. Oh so my <laughs> major band. Oh yeah, it, it is. That's why I said, oh, I got these stories. Um, the one band is my, um, Miss Freddie's blues band and we do blues, a little bit of R&B and some blues rock. Then the next one is Miss Freddie's home cooking band where we do gospel, um, classic rock and blues. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then we kind of take people back, you know, back like to the 60s, 50s and do some things out of the 40s, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That home cooking band, we have done gospel shows as we're called Glory B, which is the title of my gospel album that I want to start working on in the fall. I already told Mike Sweeney, okay, I know you got originals. He wrote the song Glory B. And I said, guess what the band's going to be called? He's like, Glory B. And I said, guess what the album's going to be called? He says, Glory B. <laughs> I said, yeah. So that band, the home cooking band turns into Glory B and we go out and we do gospel music. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah. So, and then I do, don't tell anybody this, but I do um, sometimes a duo and a trio for like smaller, you know, shows. So, yeah, it's, um, it's busy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you ever find yourself, if you ever find yourself coming towards New York or Connecticut, maybe Massachusetts, just let me know. I want to be able to come and see you live now. I will. I need to be able to come. I will. So. I will. Because I know, yeah, if you, there's, I know in New York, like in Manhattan, there's a few different jazz clubs. I've been to like maybe one or two, but they might not have had jazz at the time. Uh, like it was like maybe a comedy kind of thing, but I know that there's jazz clubs all over New York City. So yeah, if yeah, you ever find yourself yeah. coming up there, I'll I'll find my way. I'll find my way over there. Like, I will. Oh, she's I out, will. She's out here. <laughs> yeah, it's like you remember me. Of course, I remember you. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, my, yeah, my goal is to get out more to go to different places. Okay. Um. So. And it's kind of hard because it's hard for me to, you know, say no to a lot of club owners and promoters of festivals. I'm like, ah, but now I tell them since now that I've got a handle on booking myself, I start, I start, so this is July. I said, I started booking back in April and May for next year because I'm already, I've already been booked this year out. So if I add a couple more shows this year, that's because I have room. Mm-hmm. And so my vacation is at the end of August, like that last weekend, like that Friday to that Monday. I said, I'm not doing anything, not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere to see music. I'm going away to like, just read a book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta or, take that you time know, for yourself too. Exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely. And I tell people, you know, you can find me on my website. I say I have too many shows. Please don't ask me to like tell you. You have to go look <laughs> at me, you know, the website or call me on social media. So. Of course. Speaking of social media, let's let's hear it. Where 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 can where can the people find you? <laughs> All right. So go to my website, missfreddy.com, M-I-S-S-F-R-E-D-D-Y-E.com. I'm on Facebook. Go to my musician page, Miss Freddie. Like my page. Go to Instagram, Freddie Stover, Freddie Stover's Blues. Find me on Instagram and I'm on Twitter, you know, at um, Miss Freddie 17. Um, you can find me on there. And somebody told me I need to get on threads. I have to like investigate that. I've heard of it. <laughs> it's, I it's, like, look into it's, that. <laughs> it's like Twitter. It's it's like Twitter. You'll, it, um, yeah, whoever you're following or whoever is following you on Instagram, they'll automatically transfer over to the threads, uh, app. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like Twitter, but it, 
it's uh, Instagram kind of Twitter <laughs> where you oh, can still post okay. pictures and, you know, and have, and have the communication and people could still, uh, I don't think, I don't think they have private messaging on threads yet, but you know, people talk to each it's other on, on everything that they post. So you hear, you heard yeah. it here first, everyone. She's trying to get on threads. <laughs> she's, she's investigating. <laughs> um, yes, I am. Are you also on TikTok or? No. <laughs> no, you know what, Ashley? I do have a TikTok account, and you know the only the only reason why I went on TikTok because I love the dancing and the roller skating. Oh, okay. So, okay. You know how you first sign up? Like, what are your likes? I'm like dancing and roller skating. That's what I like. And I've been watching the dancers, and somebody said, well, "When are you gonna post something?" I'm like, "I'm too busy watching everybody dance and roller skate. Come on." I said, "I'm trying to learn some moves." You know, I said I wouldn't do all of that, but I said, "Yeah." So. Um, I am not on TikTok per se because I'm too busy following, you know, the dancing and the roller skating. That's yeah, okay. So that's okay. Dancer, you know, I'm I'll sure, follow you. Yeah, I'm sure when you know when it's time and you'll post it on Instagram, like, hey, I'm on TikTok and here's my, you know, here's the way yeah. I do things over here. Then people will flock. They'll be like, okay, let's go over here. To, let me, yeah, let's go yeah. over here to this. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so, so much for being on the show. I really do appreciate being able to oh. talk with you and the opportunity to speak with you. Um, you know, being a blues singer, being a cancer survivor, like just thank you so much. I, and for you to make time for me and my little bitty show, I really do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. And I never, never, ever think of anybody, what they do in life is small because what we do in life, we each have a purpose and a job to do. And that's, that's huge because you got to keep it going, you know, and that's really huge because there's days like, oh, okay, I need a break. But you know, at the end of the day, something happens like, you know what? I like what I do. So thank you for what you do and supporting all the artists, you know, you've had on your show and even having me, I feel honored. <laughs> thank you so much, Miss Freddie. All right, yeah. y'all. This, this is, this has been an awesome episode with Miss Freddie. I really do hope you guys follow her on her Instagram and she's on Twitter. She said, Miss Freddie 17, y'all heard that. And um, I, again, thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you and take care. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I had a wonderful time talking with Miss Freddie and getting to know her. I really do hope I can see her perform live one day, but one day and someday aren't on our calendar. So I best check out those websites and catch her in a city near me. For the next episode, I have another guest with me. His name is Jason Bahamandi, and we talk about food, basketball, and traveling. We had a great time chatting, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. That's all for now. I'll catch you on the next one. Deuces!